0: This inability to say no is the primary reason we are not able to focus on what matters most. The equation is straightforward. Fewer commitments equals more time for what really matters. The difference between successful people and very successful people is very successful people say no to almost everything. Being a novice at saying no is hurting you. Become an expert at saying no. It's one small step for man. Liftoff. We have liftoff. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they are I hard. have a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. four three. Two. One. Super. 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 You. Thank you for listening to today's Super You podcast. I am your host, Eric Kwaman. A lot of you know me as Equal Man. That clip you heard to open the show was a clip from my new book, The Focus Project. And that's what we're going to be reading from today. That's right. Uh, So that's what we're doing. You'll hear clip after clip, day after day. They're usually 10 to 20 minutes that I'm reading from the Audible version of the book. Obviously, if you want the full Audible version of the book, just go to Amazon. It's called The Focus Project by Eric Qualman. And they've got paperback, Kindle version, anything you like, however you like to digest this content. But most importantly, I hope it's helping you or maybe it's helping a friend out. Uh, So feel free to give them as a gift as well. Anyways, without further ado, thank you for tuning in and enjoy the rest of the show. Are you hunting mice or antelope? A lion's attentive golden eyes can help us focus, not only literally, but metaphorically. A lion is powerful and fast enough to catch and eat field mice all day. However, the lion burns more energy catching a field mouse than the field mouse provides in sustenance. The lion is best served to let the field mouse be and to focus his attention on hunting antelope. While more difficult to catch than a field mouse, the antelope provides enough nutrients for the lion and its entire pride. A lion can't live on field mice, but it can live a long and happy life on a diet of antelope. While it's tempting for us to do the little, easy tasks like cleaning out our email inbox, this is our version of chasing field mice. In the short run, it gives us a nice, rewarding feeling. But, in the long run, it will cause us to wither up and die. A lion that spent its day hunting and eating field mice will slowly starve to death. As previously discussed, while we want to take small steps to achieve our goals, we need to ensure these steps lead to the right thing, that they lead to antelope, not field mice. That we are achieving items that bring us fulfillment, rather than ones that leave us empty and mentally starving. We need to spend this month ignoring field mice and focusing on antelope, Doing so starts with a powerful two-letter word, no. The best productivity tool is saying no. Our mindset is that we can do it all. While this is a positive approach to life, it isn't a realistic one. While it's true we can have it all, we just can't have it all at once. Will you take my dog out while I'm at work today? Yes. Will you pick up Sarah from school at 3.30pm? Of course. Can you sit in the meeting for me? Sure. Can you pick up the cookies for tonight's parent-teacher conference meeting? On it! With these constant knee-jerk yes responses, we set ourselves up for stress or failure or both. As Steve Jobs famously quipped, focus is about saying no. While this sounds simple, it isn't easy. The truth is that most of us are terrible at saying no. We go to extremes to avoid uncomfortable situations. Think about the last time you had a subpar experience at a restaurant. When the waiter came over and asked how everything was, did you reply, Not so great. The table was dirty when we sat down. We were missing silverware, so my eggs got cold waiting for a fork. You didn't refill my coffee when I politely asked for it. I'm guessing you didn't say anything remotely close to this. Instead, you replied, Great, thanks. As people pleasers, most of us steer clear of conflict. And for the most part, doing this serves us well. However, there's one glaring exception. This inability to say no is the primary reason we are not able to focus on what matters most. The equation is straightforward. Fewer commitments equals more time for what really matters. The difference between successful people and very successful people is very successful people say no to almost everything. Being a novice at saying no is hurting you. Become an expert at saying no. Like many of you, I skew toward being a people pleaser. And like most people pleasers, I find it difficult to say no. Saying no will often trade popularity for respect. If I had to choose one, I'd personally choose respect over popularity. So I'm constantly looking for tricks and hacks to help me say no. One hack I find particularly helpful, along with the six mentioned below, is to treat my time like a business. Specifically, I think of requests as an online order. Once the inventory of a particular item is depleted, that's it. Sorry, but this item is currently out of stock. In this case, the item is my time, specifically my ability to say yes to any new requests. Sorry, but we are all out of yes. All we have left on the shelf is no. It's a classic supply and demand issue. We need to start treating it as such. Avoid saying I'll get back with you. Delaying your response only adds anticipation and leads to increased disappointment. Here are six ways to say no. Just say it. Don't overthink it. Be confident and tell your friend or coworker no. Be polite and brief in explaining why. Less is best. You don't owe anyone a full explanation. Just be honest. Sorry, but I have too much on my plate right now. Offer an alternative that does work for you. I can't today, but tomorrow I'll be heading that way and we can grab a coffee then. Plan out your know ahead of time. Know your schedule. What do you have time for this week? If you're swamped, plan out a few things you might say if someone asks you for help. One of my favorites. I'm heads down on my book, so I'll have to pass. Be selfish. It's your schedule, not theirs. There's no way to reach your goals if you're taking on everyone else's challenges and forgetting about your own. And start small. This week, try to say no to two things. They can be small things. None of this will be easy at first, but with practice, just like in sports, you'll improve. Economist Tim Hartford states that every time we say yes to a request, we're also saying no to anything else we might accomplish with that time. With this in mind, would you really want to work that extra shift and say no to going to your daughter's school musical? The greatest hockey player of all time, Wayne Gretzky, was famous for his focus and said, I don't skate to where the puck is. I skate to where the puck is going to be. Over time, we become more and more selective, transitioning from saying yes to good things to only saying yes to exceptional things. We need to think about our level of excitement when deciding whether to say yes or no. Using the hell yeah or no method from Derek Sivers, judge your reaction to the request. If the proposal isn't making you think, wow, this sounds awesome, I would love to do that, then just say no. Hell no's lead to emphatic yeses. Hey, this is Kelsey with this week's five star review from Marketing Chick. Well organized, to the point, great information. Eric gets right to the heart of the matter. Great questions, guests, and info. Such a big fan and have been for years. It's fantastic to listen to this podcast and get more of the magic. Solid podcast. Surgically saying no. The ability to say no strongly and politely is a must for achieving our goals. While we should certainly continue to help people, we don't need to nor can we help everyone. We need to respect capacity. Let's take a look at how surgeons spend their time. Many surgeons fall in love with medical practice because they want to help and heal people. For them, turning away a patient is difficult. These are often life and death situations. Yet, we cannot reasonably expect our top surgeons to treat everyone. Research has shown that tired surgeons can make deadly mistakes. A study published in the Journal of American Medical Association shows that patients of sleep-deprived surgeons face an 83% increased chance of complications. To help prevent this, laws limit the number of hours surgeons can operate. As such, doctors aren't on call every night. Yet, many of us put ourselves on call every morning, day, and night. This isn't sustainable. Start acting like a surgeon. Don't operate on everyone. Instead, keep a set amount of hours, consistently separating the mundane from the emergency. Also remember that you're a human being, not human doing. We can't make more time, but we can increase the amount of time doing things we love. Number one best-selling author Seth Godin has a very polite but simple response for unsolicited requests or emails. Hi, Seth. My friend Kelly Kramer is the CEO of Round Oranges Incorporated, and I think it'd be great for you to connect. So I'm introducing you here, warmest, Terry. Seth's response to these types of communications and others is simple. Hello, Kelly. It's nice to meet you. Because of my current projects, I don't currently, number one, invest in companies, two, promote products or services, three, attend meetings. How can I help? Seth. While I was the head of marketing at Travelzoo, I wanted to showcase to the team how little email matters. That email is throughput versus output. To help prove my point, I went on vacation and had this as my out of office response. Thank you for your email. We apologize, but the server is temporarily full. If your email is important, please resend it on October 10th, when we will have more capacity. On October 10th, I returned from my vacation To find 1,420 emails in my inbox. I deleted all of them. Nothing bad ever resulted from doing this. I wasn't fired and nothing of importance was missed. Only eight people felt it was important enough to resend their email. This is how little throughput or fake work matters. Half of the hours we often invest don't produce any tangible output for the business. In 1970, Nobel laureate Herbert Simon warned of the pending information age. A wealth of information creates a poverty of attention. Author Jim Collins, who has sold over 10 million books, including his flagship book, Good to Great, recognized the pitfalls and attractions of fake work. To avoid this and avoid falling into a rut, Collins tracks his days on a spreadsheet, and the key item he watches for is to ensure for any 12-month period, that his creative thinking hours always exceed 1,000 hours. We never lose the ability to choose what we are going to do each day, but we sometimes forget that we have the ability to choose what we are doing. Who's your priority? Do you often find yourself staying at work an hour or two longer than anticipated, trying to reply to all your messages? If this is a constant problem, you're most likely shortchanging your family. North Point Ministries Senior Pastor Andy Stanley recommends sitting down with your family, looking them in the eye and saying, I just want to apologize up front to all of you because I'm going to be home a few hours late each night this week. I'm going to prioritize emails, phone messages, texts, and tweets from strangers. I also don't know the subject matter. But when I receive these messages in the future, I'm going to prioritize them ahead of you. To be clear, what I'm saying is answering these messages is more important to me than you are. Sounds ridiculous? Of course it does. I'm guessing no one reading this book has ever sat their family down for such a discussion. Yet, this is exactly the message we send our loved ones every time we engage in this behavior. Our actions speak louder than words. We also do it to ourselves. We often sabotage our goals and dreams. Try this exercise. Write your goals on pieces of paper and tape them to your mirror. Address your goals in yourself in the mirror and repeat the paragraph you wanted to say to your family. Only this time, you're saying it to yourself about your goals. Essentially, you'll tell yourself that your goals will be secondary to future whims, messages, and unknown requests. It sounds like a silly exercise, but it's what most of us do. We are prioritizing future emails, texts, requests, tweets, and beyond over our passions and purpose in life. Bottom line, if we say yes to everyone, we are essentially saying no to everyone. The feeling of letting people down by saying no will decrease the more you practice, but it never truly goes away. To help in these moments, remind yourself that by saying no today, I can say yes to someone or something in the future. It's a simple phrase. By saying no today, I can say yes tomorrow. The inverse is that by saying yes today, you have said no to something in the future, Make your yeses count. Defaulting to yes. For me, my yeses count the most with my family. By learning to say no, I'm able to stockpile more yeses for important moments. Oddly enough, before embarking on this project, I was defaulting to no with my family. For you, it could be your family, friends, charity work, your church, your quiet time, or something else. It's easy to fall into the trap of defaulting to no with those around us. We take for granted that they can wait, but we feel that the important animation project or manuscript can't wait. For at least a month, when it came to my family, I was going to default to yes. I was going to take this family yes mentality to extremes with my daughters. Daddy, can we have ice cream for breakfast? Yes. Well, we will not have ice cream for breakfast every day on this special day, why don't we have ice cream? These moments created memories. Daddy, remember the time that we had ice cream for breakfast? Following a huge rainstorm, my kids asked if they could ride their scooters through the water in the parking lot, then jump in the puddles on the way home. My mind defaulted to, absolutely not, look how dirty that water is. But I paused and thought, what harm can it do? They have their roughhousing shorts on, and we're going to shower as soon as we get home. They're going to outgrow these clothes in a few months, but they will not outgrow the memory. Just because jumping in the dirty puzzles wasn't something that I wanted to do at the moment... Why prevent my kids from being kids? They grow up soon enough. Yes! You can jump in the puddles. The first thing the kids told mommy the next day and then the grandparents on the phone was all the fun they had jumping and riding through the puddles. What a memory. I was definitely glad I'd said yes. The next day, Sophia asked me, Do you want to draw, Daddy? At the time she asked, I was writing a note to an important client. The default answer in the past, In a little while, Pumpkin, let me just finish this. Invariably, in the past, this type of response resulted result in the moment passing or Sophia would have moved on to another activity without me. This time, when she asked me to draw, my response without hesitation was yes. I was saying no to everybody else. At first, I felt guilty because I didn't feel like drawing, but I realized by meeting her in her moment rather than at my convenience, I could become a kid again. Sophia exclaimed, Wow, Daddy, you're amazing. You're the best drawer in the entire world. Trust me, I'm no Picasso, but he had nothing over me in terms of pride as a dad. At the end, she blurted out of the blue, Wow, that was really fun, Daddy. Thanks. While the majority of the time we need to default to no, there is one area in your life where you should default to yes. As number one best-selling author Gretchen Rubin and others express, The exact opposite of a known truth is also often true. Saying yes to my kids more often allows me to be more instructional when my answer is no. Before, if they asked me why they couldn't do something, I often lazily defaulted to, because I said so, that's why. That's not a good way to lead in a business, and it's not a good way to lead a family. Visiting the wizarding world of Harry Potter, the kids fell in love with drinking Butterbeer. If you've ever had butter beer, you'll know it's quite sugary, similar to a very sweet cream soda. The first lunch, they split one. The second lunch, they each begged to have their own butter beer. You can have your own, but I think it's going to be too sweet for each of you to finish a full one. Are you sure you each want your own instead of splitting one, I asked. We're sure, Daddy, they replied in unison. No surprise. Sure enough, halfway through, both were struggling. Like paying for most items at amusement parks, you almost had to take out a second mortgage to buy these Butterbeers. Anna Maria sternly told the girls, you will finish those every last drop. But, by the bloated looks on the girls' faces and the fact that we were going on roller coasters later in the day, we decided it was best to consider the two Butterbeers a sunk cost and move on. I certainly didn't want to be wearing Butterbeer for the rest of the day. This episode allowed me for a teaching moment, so I dressed the girls. Hey girls, as you can see, we would have been best off ordering just one Butterbeer to split. While you may not want to hear what your mom and I have to say, do you at least agree that we're often looking out for your best interests? Yes, Daddy. So, the next time we have a situation like this, we might mention, remember the Butterbeer? Or we might just say, Butterbeer. This will help remind us and we will learn from this moment. Make sense, girls? Yes, Daddy. My wife and I will now often just say butterbeer in moments when the girls are incessantly pleading for something, like making homemade rainbow slime in the living room or inhaling an entire jar of Nutella. That's it for today's reading. I hope that you are not inhaling an entire jar of Nutella, but I do hope that your day is filled with rainbows. Again, this reading was from my newest book, The Focus Project. It's from the Audible version which we're giving away clips for free here on the Super U podcast. Every Wednesday, our regularly scheduled Super U podcast is still available. So that's just our regular format on Wednesdays. I hope you're enjoying these readings. Please let me know if it's helping you out or someone that you love, it's helping them out. Thank you so much for listening to today's Super U podcast. This is Eagle Man reminding all of us, it's not what we take from the world. It is what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three, two, one. Super, 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 super you. Uh, Houston, we've had a